This is the TJ Show. It was Halloween yesterday. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, and we saw lots of trick-or-treaters, including my own daughters. Aww. And we were about to go trick-or-treating, and this conversation kicked it all off. Guys, are you excited to go trick-or-treating? Yeah! You see that? <laughs> it's an unbelievable <laughs> level of excitement. They just love candy so much. Yeah! I can't wait. So when we get all the candy, yes, Willie, you want to say something? I thought you don't like candy. Guys, I'm such a fun dad. I have the best idea. Okay, so how about we all go trick-or-treating, and then Dada takes the candy and mails it to a dentist office. They do promotions, and they give a discount on teeth cleanings. What do you think, guys? I'm not forcing you to do it. I'm just asking if you'd like to volunteer. Now is your time to say, yes, I'd love to do that. Go ahead. No! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just unified outrage. It's such a fun dad. Well, I didn't tell them they had to do it. I think they want to give back, right? No, <laughs> the, they worked the, hard to get that candy. There are a lot of dentist offices that will take your candy off your hands. All right, why don't we just go to two houses, okay? Yeah, no, two. I get three pieces per house. That would only be six pieces of candy. Yeah. All right, guys, <laughs> you sound like your cartoons. Do you realize that? No. We sound like normal kids. You sound like a normal kid? Uh-huh. Now, that's my three-year-old defending herself, which I'm quite impressed by. She's not going to be called the cartoon, even that's though right. she, she was dressed as a cartoon, by the way. She was dressed as Spider-Man. Spider, spider dress. Right? Is her spider dress lady? Yeah, I think when I went to your house for dinner, she had the costume on already. Dress, yeah. I love the spider dress. And then it's my, great. Mi- my middle daughter was Spidey. She looked like she was about to rob a bank. But nobody, uh, you know, because you can't see her face. Yeah, you can. And then she, she was crawling on top of our couch and doing a balancing act as that's Spidey. awesome. And I was like, no, no, that's not awesome, Chapo. It's <laughs> people so like awesome. you who encourage that kind of behavior. I said, Willa, you can't even see where you're walking. And you're walking, no, you don't go on the couch. She's like, I'm Spidey. Well, let me ask you a question. Was she wearing the white, purple Spidey suit? Yes. She was Gwen Stacy. She was Spidey's friend. Oh, is that who it is? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't even know. So did I lose this battle? Yes. You lost. Three, I lost? Uh-huh. Three, two. You lost! Okay, guys, I didn't ask you to say that all together. All right, love you all. Let's go have some fun. Put some Happy day. Everyone's having a great time. Can't wait to go trick-or-treating. Can't wait for it to be over. See, I'm grumbling to myself now. This is something that I see other dads do. They, they can't hear me. I'm just really close to my microphone. You're the Grinch of Halloween, man. <laughs> I, I might be. I'm going to grumble to myself into the other room. Yes? What? We got to leave in eight minutes. Can't wait. Guys, I'll be out soon. I'm a fun dad. Let me just go in the other room and get ready. Can't wait for this to be over. This is going to be the worst. So much candy we have to deal with the aftermath. Grumbling. I don't know if I feel better (laughs) as a grumbler. Like, I don't want to turn into a grumbler because then you're constantly grumbling. It becomes addictive. But I wanted to at least try it out. And so I was trying it out. Well, don't try it out for too long because that stuff spills over into the rest of your life. And that's ugh. No, I know, I know. Now, I, I, if my wife heard me doing that, she probably, I don't know if she would have slapped me across the head, but yeah. she would have definitely been upset, and I, I hate making her upset. Well, she wouldn't want to be around you. Right. Who wants to be around that? Yeah. It's too bad, TJ. You're a natural, and it's fun to do things right. you're good at. <laughs> I know. I am good at, like, I knew exactly what to say <laughs> when I was grumbling, yeah. but uh, I don't want to be that person. So, no, I have to actively go against it. A lot of yes. times, our mind wants us to go a certain way, and we have to fight against it. Yes. 
You can be an all-star grumble. Don't don't be encouraging to me. Don't don't <laughs> encourage that bad behavior. We actually did have a lot of fun. The girls were hanging out, they were getting candy, and it is really fun to see your kids so excited about something, even if it is something as evil as candy. Did you bring me some candy like you said you were going to? No, you know what? They actually they thought they did a lot of trick-or-treating, but they didn't really. And so I just went with it. They were like, look at how much candy I got. It was, it was really like a lot. four or five different spots. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big, nothing like. Uh, they, they can keep it. If they knew what I did when I was a kid, I used to take out a pillowcase and then I'd fill up another one. I'd run Same. home, get two pillow. So it's not like it used to be. No, it's not. And it's a good thing. It is November 1st. J-Bo, can you believe it's November already? Oh, it's my birthday month, so yes. Yeah! I've been looking forward to today. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Your birthday happens to be on my wedding anniversary. Yes. We're coming up on 10 years. Congratulations. Which, That's a decade. It's really cool. And we were talking about it last night. We are just doing a little 10-year assessment. We realized that we love each other way more today than we did when we first got together. And we loved each other a lot when we got married. We decided to get married because we love each other. So That's a good thing that you love each other more now than before. Because if you love each other less, I would, I would be concerned. Well, that happens a lot. Yes, You know, it does. people start to literally despise one another. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're nothing special. I mean, we had to certainly work through our little trials oh, and the things that come up. Yeah. I mean, you know. You're oh, married. I know. I you know. know. Is it ever smooth sailing? No, it's never smooth sailing, man. I'm working on things right now. Yeah. It isn't yeah. frustrating in a way where every time you have to work on something, you're like, oh, everything was just going so <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> yeah. What in the world is going on here? But what I've found is through every trial there has been this incredible fruit on the other side of it where we're like, oh, wow, our bond is stronger because of filling the trial. Right, and you might even agree with this. Like, you become stronger and you, you fall more and more in love with one another because you get closer and you start to learn things about each other that you thought you knew, but you come to find out you really didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was at, uh, I was hanging out with my in-laws the other day. They've been married for, I think, 40 or maybe even 50 years now. Nice, like, that's it's awesome. quite a streak. And they talk about it quite openly. They say, yeah, we couldn't stand each other for the first 10 years. They, they wow. openly talk about how they fought. They didn't like each other. And I mean, it was just really tough, but they said, uh, you can't possibly get to know someone in the first 10 years. And I was kind of like ready to argue with them. I'm like, I feel like I know your daughter. I think <laughs> oh, I know her. Just wait. Well, yeah. I think I know her really well, but I stayed silent just and I, wait. I didn't say anything, but, but I do see what they're saying in that I know my wife, Jess, better today as we're about to get on 10 years than I could have possibly known her in those early years. I mean, you know, I thought I was getting to know her, but there's just so much more to her. She's so complex and she keeps surprising me every other day. And I love that your in-laws are willing to admit that the first 10 years of their marriage, they didn't like each other because my husband, Archie and I, the second year of our marriage, we were like, we look at each other and we're like, are we going to do this forever? Yeah. Like, we really were like, this may not work out. Like our second year was tough. It, well, how did that come up? Was that like a mean barb that someone shot at someone or were you in a fight? I like, where does that come up? Something happened. We were running late for something and they said, I know I'm going to die first because you stress me out. Oh. And he was like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die first because you work my nerves. And it was like this conversation. <laughs> wow. And then went, we were just sitting on the couch and I'm like, man, this year has been really hard. It was our second year of marriage. And I'm like, are we going to make it through this? And, now, and I asked him f- straight out. I'm like, have you contemplated divorce? And he's like, yeah, I've woken up sometimes and, and thought like, mm. man, better off to be single. I was like, me too. But then we had a conversation. We were like, nah, this is right or die. This is forever. And we oh, worked wow. through that. So I think just uh, the fact that we were so open about it and we're willing to work through that, we're now 
coming on six years of marriage and hopefully forever. So just having that conversation. But I appreciate the honesty when couples can just say, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And you guys, you look so good together. And what I mean by that is like you, you walk so harmoniously and you wouldn't know on the surface that these conversations were even happening yeah. behind the scenes. And I appreciate you sharing that because I think that happens so often. Right. And that is something that people hide and they don't want to talk about and they try to bury it because it's, you know, you feel ashamed or you right. feel like, oh, you're the one who can't get it to work. And then you look at these numbers of people who just split up. Right. So my question is, what is the thing that helped you guys turn a corner? Maybe it was after that conversation or at some point, what was the resource that gave you guys that strength to sort of get through that time where it was really tough or that second year, as you said? I mean, obviously one was our faith, but also we had people in our, in our friend group that were couples that we really trusted and they were open with their marriage and the, the things they had gone through. And so then that helps you say, okay, this is, this is common. Like people can work through this and working with those friends and, you know, working to even like at one point, like a marriage counselor, we did marriage counseling prior. So pre-marital counseling. And then there's nothing wrong with doing it while you're married yeah. as well. There's, doesn't mean your relationship is horrible. It just means that you are willing to actually put in the work. And something else I had to come to grips with is that the person you marry it's not going to be the same person two years in, three years in. Like when my we're husband, growing, we're all growing, we're all growing, right? Like when my husband married me, he knew that I liked sneakers, but then I got real serious about sneakers like three <laughs> or four years into the marriage, and so now I'm coming out of sneaker phase. Now I'm more into wanting to make music. Like the person is constantly growing and evolving, and you have to be willing to shift with that person, and then even um, like champion them on the, along the way too. So you got around people who could show you that you're not alone. Right. And you trusted them. And so it really matters who we're hanging around. What oh, if you sure. were, What if you were around friends who were like, yeah, he's the worst. Yeah. You know, what, what would that do to your mind? Exactly. You start to believe that, you start to repeat it, and then you start to act in that way. I'm excited for your birthday. I'm excited for <laughs> my 10 years. This is the TJ Show. This is interesting. There's an app that's coming out that is apparently powered by ChatGPT, and the goal is to get high-quality parenting advice to parents. Now, as a parent, I don't know that I want to be asking an artificial intelligence bot for parenting advice. Really? I'm I'm not surprised because it's you, but I'm not a parent. If I was a parent, I've heard parenting is really tough. I wouldn't mind some advice when I'm dealing with some tough moments in parenting. Yeah, I think advice is the thing that makes our lives work better. Right. But from a computer, do you want parenting advice from a computer? So I was intrigued by this, and we had uh, I came up with some questions, and we asked ChatGPT, which this other app is powered by, for some parenting advice. Are you curious to know what its advice is oh, for yeah. me? Oh, yeah. I want to hear this. Okay. So I wrote into ChatGPT, hey, ChatGPT, it's nice to speak with you today. I just want to be nice to the robot. Of course. Yeah. I always want them to know that I'm... You know, I'm not an enemy. If Especially they do since take you're over. asking for something. Right. Be nice. I have a question. I was hoping you could help. My kids love to make a mess of our house. When I ask them to clean up, they throw tantrums. That's true. How do we get kids to clean up? And it shot back an answer in seconds that I'm actually really impressed with. And I hate that I'm impressed with it. I just want to one time type something into ChatGPT and get an answer where I go, ah, see it? The robot's dumb. But it's every time I'm like, whoa. Well, okay. let us hear it. I want to hear it. That sounds pretty good. Hello, TJ. It's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Wow, very, very friendly. <laughs> Super excited to meet you, by the way. And 
I didn't believe him the first time, but the second time, yeah. <laughs> I think he, it is nice to meet me. Encouraging children to take responsibility for their mess and cleanup can be a challenge, but there are several strategies you can try. Mm. Make it a routine. Establish a regular cleaning routine, such as cleaning up before bedtime or after playtime. Consistency can help kids get used to the idea of cleaning up. See, who could argue with that? That makes so much sense. That might help me. I'm not even a kid. <laughs> See, I need help cleaning my house. Not only is it helping me with parenting, but anyone who's just in the area yes. hearing this, it's like frustrating. Set a good example. Children often learn by observing their parents or caregivers. If they see you cleaning up and organizing, they are more likely to follow suit. I'm a pretty organized Ooh. person. My wife... CJ, don't, now don't, be be, living, don't be pointing fingers. Well, you live in the house, too. Listen, if you walk past the bed, you could see what side of the bed is messy. <laughs> My wife has a messier side of the bed. Yeah. yeah, but you've said it yourself that you will leave pots, pans, cups, bowls in the di- in the sink for your wife to clean. Well, no, I don't leave it there for her to clean. They just happen to get cleaned mm. every time I do it. I think it's ChatGPT that's cleaning my no, dishes. but you're not cleaning it right away, so it's on purpose. Okay, more. How do we get our kids to clean up? Use positive reinforcement. Offer praise and rewards when they clean up their mess. Positive reinforcement can be motivating for children. Okay, so that makes sense. Turn cleaning into a game. Make the cleaning process more fun by turning it into a game. For example... You can set a timer and challenge your kids to see how quickly they can clean up their toys. Make it a friendly competition. That is something that I, I'll see when things get way out of control. My wife will put on a song. Apparently there's a cleanup song that yeah. helps kids. Clean like, up, clean up, everybody do your share. No, it's like a new and improved, like really cool sounding one. It's like one. remixed. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and they say like, look under the couch. I'm like, yeah, it's a really good idea. That helps guide them. They go under the couch. They get some clear direction. Sometimes cleaning up a large mess can feel overwhelming for kids. Break the task into smaller, manageable steps to make it less daunting. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board with this. I think this makes sense. Remember that consistency and patience are key. Yeah, I think I should ask how to be more patient because that's... Ooh, that would be a good one. That's tough for me. This was a very simple question I asked about parenting. Why is it so hard? (laughs) Right? I mean... (laughs) That's a loaded question. Let's get right down to it. It's the easiest question. Can they answer that? Parenting can be challenging for several reasons, and it's entirely normal for it to feel hard at times. Now, this is what it spit back at me. First of all, I think it's interesting that it makes me not feel so dumb for asking the question. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, no, of course, man. It's okay. It's, it's what right. happens when you're parent. Yeah. Here are some of the factors that contribute to the difficulty of parenting. Responsibility. This can be overwhelming, especially for new parents. Yeah, that's true. You don't expect, like when I got a puppy at first, that was way too much responsibility. That is a lot of responsibility. And that's nothing compared to a kid. Oh my gosh. So if you're having a tough time with a dog, just keep in mind, it gets worse. But I would say the dog was a good warm-up for me, for responsibility. Unpredictability. Mm. Children are not always predictable. Mm. Their needs, <laughs> moods, and behaviors can change rapidly, making it challenging to anticipate and respond to their needs effectively. This is a really smart list Sounds already. like me, though. <laughs> also similar to puppies. Right, you're right. <laughs> Lack of a manual. Unlike many tasks in life, Parenting doesn't come with a step-by-step manual. What works for one child may not work for another. Parents often have to learn as they go. Another great answer for why parenting is so hard. This is a computer that's responding. Balancing Act. Parenting requires balancing various responsibilities, including work, household chores, and taking care of yourself. Finding the right balance can be difficult. Now, Kenny, you said not too long ago on the show that you were excited to have a baby 
even though <laughs> eight months you've been dating your girlfriend and you uh, are now an uncle for the first time. And True. then you backtracked that and said, actually, it's too much work because you're yeah. seeing your brother who just had a baby. Where are you landing after you're hearing this advice? Yeah, this is making me want to think about it even more. Emotional toll. Parenting can be emotionally demanding. There are moments of joy and fulfillment. But there can also be moments of frustration, worry, and exhaustion. Definitely experience those. It's emotionally taxing to care for someone else 24 by 7. 24 by 7. It's so taxing he had to say it that way. You know, 24 by 7. He was very clear. Yeah, is he being clever or is he being dumb? See, I want to find something wrong with this and that sounds like something wrong. External pressures. Society, family, and friends may have expectations and judgments about your parenting choices, which can add to the stress. What does that happen with so many parts of our life? I feel for parents. Lack of personal time. Parenting often leaves little time for self-care, personal interests, or hobbies, which can lead to burnout. Oh, yeah. Pretty much say goodbye to most <laughs> oh of that. Oh, my gosh. Right? I don't even have kids. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's tough. Parenting in a digital age. The digital age presents new challenges, such as managing screen time, online safety, and keeping up with technology-related issues. Yeah. See, I asked it. Why is it so hard to be a parent? This all makes sense. Financial challenges. Mm -hmm. Raising children can be expensive, and financial stress can be a significant source of difficulty for parents. Kenny, you like renting movies that are going to be available for free in four days, but you can't (laughs) wait, so you spend $25 on them on Uh demand. Kiss that goodbye. Say goodbye to that. Yeah. Okay. It's important to remember that all parents face challenges and moments of doubt. Seeking support from friends, family, or professionals, and practicing self-compassion can help make parenting more manageable. See, great answer. Great answer. This thing's going to lead me to stress eat. I'm about to eat right now. I'm just so stressed out. j opening up that, that beautiful Tupperware container of something in there. Sweet potatoes and eggs. That's how stressed out I am. Give me a bite of that. This is the it's TJ Show. I don't like... I still vote for uh, real people. Advice from real people. Mm-hmm. Even though it's really good on that computer. This is the TJ Show. It's November 1st. And one of the things about this month that is interesting is you start to see a bunch of dudes growing out their facial hair. Yeah. And your husband, producer Heather, does this every year. He grows, what, a big beard or a mustache? Yeah, he he just won't shave his face. So he'll grow the whole kit and caboodle. And so it's to raise awareness for a cause. Mm -hmm. And you were curious to know if he knew the cause. Yeah, because he does it every year. And he's never, like, mentioned why he's doing it. (laughs) So... Hello. I see that your face uh, doesn't have a beard on it anymore. It does not. You're right. So does he shave it off, this was yesterday, yeah. before November starts? Yeah, so we can get a, fr- a fresh start, yeah. Yeah, you may have heard it called Movember, mm-hmm. or what's the other? Uh, no Shave November. No Shave November, which mm-hmm. I've never heard. I've only heard Movember. Yeah. Why would you, why'd you shave your face? No Shave November. You're supposed to not shave in November if you're a man, because it's supposed to bring attention to men's health. How does that bring attention to men's health? Are you looking it up right now? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> was he Googling it? Yeah, he was looking it up as we were talking. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Hey, listen, the more you know, the better, right? Yeah. So apparently, No Shave November. As he's reading and very quickly trying to get the answer. Yeah. Is specifically for like cancer awareness and cancer prevention. So you're supposed to not shave to, I guess, have it be a conversation piece. Hmm. How those conversations go, I don't know. I've never been part of one. 
That's interesting. So he's been doing it for a lot of years and no one's ever struck up a conversation with him about it. Yeah, because he doesn't leave the house so no one's going to see his oh, face. well, that's the, <laughs> just you. It's just me and I like his beard. Yeah, so. you've, you've got the problem figured out. He's been doing this for years and this was the year you thought you'd strike up a conversation. Exactly. But that's what it's about. And then Movember is specifically for like prostate cancer awareness, testicular cancer awareness. So that's, that's what they're both for. And then you're also supposed to, it's the whole thing, why you don't shave is because then you're supposed to donate the money that you would have spent for like shaving supplies. You're supposed to donate that to like one of these charities that supports these causes. Oh, that's good. So yes. you should, have you ever donated your money before? Uh, I have not. Well, it's good you're striking up conversation, Heather. I'm trying to help him out, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're provoking thought. What is the point of it then? I'm trying to figure that out. Well, he does look good. Oh, right? Yeah, he looks great with a beard. Did you not know that you're supposed to do that? I did not know. I thought it was just like an awareness thing. I mean, if you're doing it, you might as well do it. You know what I mean? Right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you shouldn't be making him feel bad about this nice thing that he's doing that he doesn't know why he's doing it. Yeah, well, he should be doing it correctly. I'm trying to help him. Right, she's bringing it to his attention because he obviously was not aware, and right. now he is. And it's a wonderful cause, and I, I love yeah. that. Every November, I love that people are growing their beards out, and obviously I think these causes are so important to talk about. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I could bring this up with you and... Uh... Thank you. <laughs> I think I'm the one that's really bringing the attention to men's health, but... You just can't let me have anything. Well, you're welcome. Love you. You guys are doing it together. <laughs> See, you're better together. I'm bringing awareness to the awareness. <laughs> right, to the lack of awareness. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I'm trying to grow out a beard. It's a little bit of a rough one for me. because looks I, good. I've never really been able to do it. Like I've been YouTubing and trying to figure out how to do it. If you've got like a 101 on how to do it properly, please email us hello at the tjshow.com or you can call us anytime 302-303-1151. I want to be a cool beard person. I don't know how to accomplish it. A man with a beard is a man with a lot of patience because it takes a lot of time to grow a beard. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. And I think I have an idea of how you're supposed to do it based on the YouTube videos I've seen, but they're like these big burly muscle dudes who have these huge beards. And I just don't want to look like weird beard guy. Well, no, you don't have to go as long as they did. You just have to get enough growth in to get yeah. filled out. If it starts getting weird, can you let me know? I'm sure your wife, Jess, will let you know. But yes, I'll be back up. It's not that hard the way my husband does it. He literally just grows his facial hair out until he can't stand it anymore and then just shaves it all off. No, I want it to look polished. Yeah, he doesn't do that. Yeah. You got to hit yeah. up like a barber. He'll get you nice. Yeah. He'll he'll touch it up. Maybe and, that's like, what I got to do. Yeah, yeah. they'll touch it up and they'll help, it, they'll help you grow it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I need an extra expense in my life. But you're right. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> I should like be, the oils and stuff. I, yeah. yeah, I really should be donating. But instead, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to spend money so I can look good for November. But uh, however you are bringing awareness to these causes, well done. Even if you don't fully know what you're doing, well done, because it is striking up conversation. Look, this yes. conversation See? was struck up, and it's all really important stuff to be talking about. A couple weeks ago, we were reading a story about how a meat company was starting to invest in bug protein. Now, that sounds a lot grosser than it is. And they're not doing it with humans quite yet. Right, thankfully. They they're testing it with animals and, and different cow feeds and all the stuff they need to keep farms going. But it is a conversation that's come up and there there are bug proteins that are used in different products. People often talk about cricket protein. You've even heard for years, I'm sure, about chocolate covered crickets. And if you remember, we talked to our friend Scotty, who is a workout nut. He goes to the gym twice a day. He's all about protein. The guy eats more protein than anyone I know. And he said he's tried bug protein. You've had the cricket protein, and how did it taste? 
I would never know it was done with cricket protein. Wow. And apparently it's much lower fat, much higher protein. They were a little expensive, but they were really good. So he bought a bunch of these cricket protein bars, which are made for humans. And guess what just showed up in the mail today? <laughs> cricket protein bars? I, I got them. You guys down to try them? Let's go. Yeah, I'm glad you kept your word. You said you would. I said I would, yeah. Kenny, how you feeling about this? Yeah. Whatever. You'll try anything. I'll do it. All right. So I'm not happy about it. We've got, uh, let's see, what fudge brownie with... and they Mine. Ca- they call it a keda protein, which is a much nicer way to say cricket protein. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. And the last one is peanut butter chocolate. Nice. Uh, any oh. preference? I'll let you pick first, Jabo. Oh. Fudge brownie. Okay, fudge brownie. I'm yeah, going to throw it to you. That. You, uh, you know what? Should we split these up so we can all try them? Let's do that. All right. Yeah, that so works. Here, I'll, I'll split this one with you. Kenny, which one would you like? Peanut butter chocolate if I have my brothers. Okay, what about you, Producer Heather? Cookie dough. Okay, cookie dough. Here we go. So let's open those up. Take a half each. Josh, you want to try one? Yeah. And now we sample bug protein so you don't have to. Could it change the planet? It might. There are a lot of bugs around, and they've been living their bug life for a number of years. How does it smell over there, Josh? Smells good. You can almost hear the crickets. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here. I'm going to oh, open this up. Scary. All right. Oh, it opens like a normal protein bar. It's exciting. Ooh, look. It actually looks pretty good. I'll be the first one to try it here. All right. If anything happens to me, don't eat it after me, okay? <laughs> Clearly. Mm. All right, TJ just took a bite mm. of the fudge you know brownie. What? Whoa. It's an interesting flavor, I will tell you. That's the fudge brownie, right? Yeah, different than your average protein bar. There's definitely something different about it. Mmm. I don't know if it's because I'm thinking about chirping. <laughs> but, okay. After that initial cricket note, there's a nice fudge taste. All right, I'm going to try this mm. fudge brownie one. Mmm. Oh, wait. That interesting taste is back again. Mm. You, do you smell that? Or do you taste it? Protein-ish. It tastes protein-ish. It's a little grassy. Oh, yeah. It just tastes grassy. <laughs> do you feel like a frog? I don't know, Kenny. It's, it's interesting. Tell me what you think. Go ahead. Bug protein. Mm. It tastes like the night sky smells. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, it's not the most enjoyable thing. No. But it's definitely food that you would eat if you had to survive. Kind of tastes like chocolate-flavored dirt. Or like, um, I know what it is. Like, if you were in space and you have that space food. Yes. This would be great space food. I'm going to try the cookie dough one. Producer sure Heather. How are you doing over there? Now, you're a vegetarian. Are you allowed to eat cricket protein? I mean, probably oh. not, but I don't like it. I'm not a fan. The cookie dough wasn't good. The cookie dough is bad. Ooh, oh, the, my God. The aftertaste is tough. I don't that- like it. <laughs> Josh is making a face like he's suffering some sort no. of a medical oh, emergency. Gonna, no, that's not good. Chuck. That yeah. must be good for you. It tastes like it. I mean, I would eat it. I would eat it, but I wouldn't pursue it. Like, I wouldn't try to find that. Again, in the military, when you're out in the field, whether you're overseas, living in a hole or out in the desert training, they give you these MREs. It's bags and it has like pretty much dried up food. Dried up food? Oh, are you? Oh. Are you do you need a that, that uh, coffee cup you have over there? Is not big enough it's for what's about to happen. Food, and my poor husband has to eat that sometimes when he's out training in the desert, and it's like this is all you're eating is MREs. And he says how gross they are. I'm sure if he tried this, it probably would taste like an MRE. Yeah. Well, there you go. We tried it. 
It's got a little way to go, which is probably why they're testing it on animals. My dog, Luna, loves eating gross things. One time, she found a big fish on the side of the road, and she ate it. It was rotten. It was rotten oh. fish. We couldn't stop her. I remember Scotty said he discovered this through Shark Tank. You're telling me that Mark Cuban invested in this? He well, listen, if you're hungry and you want some food, you'd eat it real fast. But oh, if we've got a choice, I would say I'll choose not to. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you for joining us. Gross. We, we did this for you, so you know. I mean, should you eat crickets or not? Don't do it. No, I mean, it's up to you, but you know. <laughs> you, Josh is gagging. You hear the review. <laughs> we've got people gagging in the corner. <laughs> Man, as you're friends with someone for a little while, you start to learn all about them. And this is a fascinating situation. See, I love my dentist. I've always loved my dentist, except for one guy who I think was a con man. I love going to the dentist. Yeah, to me, it feels like a spa treatment. I've shared that. Well, it turns out our camera guy, Josh, has some... I mean, I think it's an irrational fear of the dentist, but I can't be judging his fears. Right, you can't judge his experiences either. Josh, is it true that you drove two hours to see one particular dentist? It's two hours both ways, right? Yes, and for the rest of my life, I will drive two hours each way to go see the dentist. Jabo, that's a quirky character trait. Don't you think it's a little extreme? No. Two hours? No. Well, okay, first tell us, so Josh went through a period of time. How long did you not go to the dentist for? Uh, 17 years. 17 years? Because mm-hmm. you were afraid. Yes, absolutely. And what made you afraid of the dentist? I once got a cavity filled with no Novocaine. Is that what it is mm-hmm. that yeah. they yeah. shoot you with? Yeah, yeah, with none yeah. of that when I was a wee lad. And uh, yeah, that, that scarred me. I also went to the orthodontist as a kid for braces, and they dropped one of the brace pieces down oh my, my throat, oh, and gosh. I choked on it for about five minutes before I threw up in front of everybody, and I think that was the moment that I decided I would never go to the dentist again. Ooh, that's a, that is a dropped, well, not ball, dropped, <laughs> dropped <laughs> tool. piece of metal. Yeah, down, down yeah. your throat. That's, that's not good. No. I was going to give you a hard time. I mm-hmm. was going to say, man, after 17 years of not going to the dentist, your teeth must have been looking rough and your breath must have been stank, but right. your experiences, I'm sorry. I yeah, wouldn't have gone strong. either. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the first thing that the dentist said after those 17 years was, your wife married you like this? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as she looked in my mouth. Yep. It's a very fair question. Yeah. It, it is, yeah. yeah. It's very rare you find someone who hasn't gone for 17 I years know. and someone marries them. Yeah. Right, absolutely. But, uh, you know, that's... So you found one that you like because what? She's really gentle with you? She is amazing. She treats you like a baby. only her. She treats me like a baby. She explains everything that she's doing before she puts it into my mouth. <laughs> she consistently is asking, are you okay? Are you okay? And even if I like kind of wink a little bit, like it doesn't hurt that bad, but I'm a little uncomfortable. She's like, do you want me to stop for a second? She takes Whoa. her time. Oh man, she is absolutely amazing. That I love her. That sounds like a spa treatment. Yes. yes. Do you, when she goes home, do you think she makes fun of you? Uh, no, I think she loves me. Yeah. You yeah. don't think the, the no, TJ, hygienist I think, I think I think she talks about him for sure. Yeah, like when you leave, you don't think they're joking oh. about you? No. Oh, yeah. No, sure. why? no, of course not. They all love me there. Sometimes when you hear other people's problems, you're like, okay, well, that's cool. I don't have that one. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm, I'm glad I don't have that one. But I am, I'm sorry for what you're going through and what you've been going through for many, many years. You, but you go every year now. I, I go twice a year. Whoa. We drive down to that dentist. Yep. Um, drive two hours. I drive twice two a year. hours to, to Dr. Ming, and she is amazing, and I love her. And uh, good. 
man, I just, life is so good. And this is actually a big, important step for me because during those 17 years, I had nightmares about all of my teeth falling out because I wasn't going to the dentist. Oh, wow. Uh, it still wasn't bad enough for me to actually go to the dentist, but I, I had those fears. and fell out, that's I, why. I sleep better at night knowing that I've been to the dentist. Well, Josh, maybe the next person we have to get you to is a therapist. No. So <laughs> you, can, you can talk about this trauma, about getting metal dropped down your right. throat. This is the TJ Show. Our news, it sounds a whole lot different here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what is happening in the world on this Wednesday? After decades on television, Sesame Street has announced that they'll be changing direction and taking season 56 into a new format. What was the old format? What's the new format going to be? So it used to be a magazine-style format. And it would move quickly from scene to scene to scene. Like snippet after Little snippet. snippet. Exactly. Now they want to go into more of a narrative style that will involve two 11-minute segments split together into an episode time slot with an animated series right in the middle called Tales from 123. Huh. Season 56 will premiere in 2025, so we still have a little bit of time with the old-fashioned Sesame Street before this new change. Why are they wanting to change? Well, they think a pivot to the narrative-driven style may be vital for Sesame Street's modernization efforts while maintaining the positive messaging that it has at its cores. That's funny. It seems almost backwards to me because we're in a world where short snippets are everywhere. You would think that that magazine format where it's quick thing to quick thing would actually work better today. But Sesame Street, the bird. The big bird's always going against yeah, the grain. Yeah, big bird knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, th- that's the criticism that they're facing with this announcement, that exact thing that you mentioned, TJ, their ability to entertain young children with shorter attention spans, potentially risking the loss of some of their educational lessons with this new format. Or, since Sesame Street has always been an educator, maybe they're realizing there's a need for longer attention spans, and mm. they're actually giving kids what they need. Good, I'm telling you. Good point. Bert, Ernie... Bunch of great guys. So then does that mean that they were on the whole short span thing way before everybody else was? Were they the problem? Ah. Maybe it started with, this is a deep discussion. Mind blown. I have heard something, and I'm not supposed to say this, but I heard that uh, Oscar, the Grouch, is actually very nice off <laughs> off the set. You know and what's you, crazy? Like if you meet him out in public, he's, he'll sign autographs and everything. Yeah. I heard the same thing. Yeah, that's it's cool, really right? crazy. That's yeah. been getting around <laughs> yeah, show it's been business. Getting around. We, we know. We're in the business. Mm-hmm. Kenny, what else do you have? If you didn't hear about this, you should know that the federal government has taken its first step in regulating artificial intelligence, and it was quite a comprehensive executive order that was issued earlier this week. So are we going to be protected from the robot takeover? Is it going to push this off, kick the can down the road a little bit? What's happening? I think the idea is to protect us from the robot takeover, but because it's an executive order, it's not exactly enforceable. We still need Congress to make it the law of the land, but here are a few of the highlights. Developers of AI systems must share the results of their safety tests with the federal government. Mm, You think Joe Biden is going to understand that? I don't think he's the one that has to understand it, but he yeah. hopefully will have people that understand it. President uh, Biden, for him. we've got the latest in technology here written out in a 50-page report. Take a look at it. See what you think. One thing they want to <laughs> he's do... He's still doing emojis, a smiley face, a colon and a parentheses, and he thinks that's hip. He's like, this sounds good to me. They're bringing it to the right guy. They're going to be doing red team testing, which is interesting. Red team 
essentially refers to a group of people that test the security and safety of a digital entity by posing as a malicious actor. So they'll have people kind of undercover yeah. trying to test for vulnerabilities. That's always humiliating when they do that kind of stuff in workplaces for like email hacks. Hey, it's a random email. Click on this link. And then someone down in the I sales know. department clicks yep. on it and they, they have to get trucked into the IT department. You're like, oh no, they clicked on it. Or worse, we have to get another updated email that says, please don't click on links. We're like, we know, we know. <laughs> well, clearly not because one person clicked yes, on it. Yes, no, there's always that one. <sighs> They're going to watermark by uh, AI generated content that's part of the plan too so anything that is generated by artificial intelligence will have a watermark so you know that is it, it is indeed a, a deep fake or something along those lines good well everyone will follow that rule yeah they also want to keep a close eye on AI's use in science and biology related projects we talk about AI a lot on this show and all of the good news seems to be in science or medical biology related fields so they want to make sure that that end of it stays on the up and up as well Kenny what else do you have there's a new report out that is showing the number of homeschooled children in the United States growing by 51% since the last time the study was conducted in 2017 and 2018. Could see how that would happen. There are a lot of homeschool high fives going around. Yeah, I remember going to school as a kid and thinking homeschooling was weird. And now I've been around it a little bit more and I've seen the results. First of all, it's amazing. If you can be one-on-one with a student, it makes a world of difference. And you realize how sometimes the school system is set up in a way that's not for every kid. And then on top of it, there's a lot of controversial things happening in the school system. A lot of parents just don't want to send their kids into these schools. Yeah. I get it. That's very true. Do you know what a homeschool high five is? No. no. So growing up, I mean, homeschool wasn't really popular growing up like it is now. So when I would have friends who were homeschooled, the, the joke was homeschool high fives was like it's just you and your parents. So you'd have to high five yourself. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see. Because <laughs> I realized, you guys didn't chuckle. You guys were like, I was like, they probably don't know what I'm talking Never about. Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. No, my wife was homeschooled and she's one of the smartest people that I know. And when I first met her, I was like, wow, who is this person? Yeah, you were brilliant. homeschooled? Really? And she just read and read and had this one-on-one time with her teacher, who happened to be her mom. Yeah. And it's just been uh, amazing to see it and to see other students who have benefited from it. Well, I have heard that kids who are homeschooled now tend to be a lot more independent. They're less likely to follow the stream, what everybody else is doing. And they're more likely to be like self-starters and entrepreneurs, which is great. Yeah, that's great. And listen, it's not for everyone. Right. And not everyone's schedule allows it. And some kids probably do better in the public school system. But I I would just encourage any parent who's dealing and navigating the trials of the public school system right now, be loud about it. Right. And when you feel like your kid's not being treated properly, don't feel bad. Knock on the principal's door and go, yo, what's happening? What's good, Doc? What are you doing? (laughs) Right. They say there's anywhere between 1.9 million and 2.7 million kids who are being homeschooled at this very moment. At the same time of this study, public school enrollment dropped by 4%. So a 51% increase in homeschooling, a 4% decrease in public school education. Any idea why that's happening? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons that were cited. 
including schools failing to meet their kids' unique needs, like TJ said, bullying, and increasing concerns that the curriculum doesn't align with the family's values. Mm. There are also economic factors at play. When you homeschool, the government often offers thousands of dollars in homeschooling support each year, and also there's nonprofit organizations that will provide funding to families who are homeschooling their children Mm. as well. And at the same time, it's important to mention there are a lot of teachers who are doing a great job and they're trying very hard to navigate some of the tough times that we're in. And I admire them too. We have very close friends who are teachers or who were teachers and we hear about some of what's going on in the schools and just keep strong because the students need great teachers and we know there are a lot of them out there. You're right about that, TJ. And that's the other end of the spectrum here where educational experts are still skeptical about how most parents can match the teaching skills of trained teachers Yeah, and that few requirements exist to ensure quality in homeschools where at least those things are in place for public school education. Whether or not they're doing a great job is, well, is another argument. It also depends on the area and who's in charge. Absolutely. There, yep. Sometimes it's actually harder to get through homeschooling mm-hmm. because the boundaries are, are really strict. Sure. Right. So it all just depends on where you are. Kenny, what else do you have? Here's a public service announcement for anyone who relies on a translation app when visiting a foreign country. Be careful. A Russian-speaking tourist was visiting Portugal and tried to order a pomegranate juice at a restaurant. He used the app to get the translation and then wrote it down on a napkin and handed it to the waiter. Little did he know, the app accidentally spit out the translation for the word grenade. Oh. And this caused the waiter to panic, and then they called police. Those are oh. two different words, pomegranate and grenade. Imagine being that person. I'd be really freaked out. Like, what? I don't. It's just, it's a fruit. I know it's hard to open. And just it's say like you don't have. Yeah, it's, it's okay. So a little tart sometimes, right. but like, can you just chill? Seriously. I won't be pronouncing this correctly, but in Russian, the similarities between the word pomegranate and grenade are one letter off. Oh yeah, that'll happen. Oh, my so it's granat for pomegranate and granata for oh, grenade. Yeah. So it oh. was a mix up. Of course, they did a full investigation. Police did respond, but this guy was totally clean. They did a database search on him. Nothing in his apartment, good, nothing good. in his... Restaurant, Can but you imagine be over careful. A, a pomegranate. Come on. But I also understand, I love the taste of those things. I mean, they're just so good. And when you do it the right way, where you put it upside down in the bowl of water, you just take a handful. Oh, it's wonderful. I just buy them in a case, plastic case. I'm not trying to do the work. <laughs> Kenny, what else do you have? PBS has long been a home for educational and children's programming. What they have announced is that they're going to be embracing AI technology for some new upcoming children's programs. That's nice. Are they going to have Mr. Rogers back with new episodes? No, that's not what they're trying to do. <laughs> Although, so creepy. that is an interesting thought. But a show like Dora the Explorer or Blue's Clues, they're interactive, but they have a silence. And I guess that's the time for the kids to scream at the TV, whatever the answer to the yeah. question might be. Well, now... PBS is going to premiere Lila in the Loop in February, and later on down the line, they're investing in AI technology that will actually facilitate a conversation oh, that's between the children and the television. So if Lila asks me a question, what color is the sky? And I go, blue. I mean, I wouldn't yell this out. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And uh, it would respond back to me? Yeah, it's going to fill those silent spaces that we would normally get in Blue's Clues or Dora Mm. with real-time conversation guiding children through thought processes much like a caregiver or teacher would. 
The only problem is when it starts telling you the sky is green. Yeah. Right. Uh, and everyone goes, okay, yeah, sure. okay. Yeah, and they walk in steps, sky is green. I don't know. Sounds like mm-hmm. dangerous territory. Let's let's cross that bridge when we get to it. I think it seems like a pretty cool thing. Like, I'd imagine a child might get a more educational experience out of this than if they were just shouting oh. wrong answers at the screen, for instance. Let's hope. Let's hope, Kenny, for everyone's well-being. It'll definitely become a babysitter, for sure. Kenny, what else do you have? The Hollywood Reporter just published a report that details some of the perks that being a big-time Hollywood or tech CEO gets you. What kind of perks are you talking about? For instance, private jets. Um, Who doesn't want that? Of course. I would love a private jet. And it appears Meta, the company behind Facebook and Instagram, spends the most on private jets for Mark Zuckerberg. They spent $2.3 million. Huh on Zuck's travel in the last year. Netflix comes in second for their executives, spending $1.3 million. Companies also spend a lot of money on security for these big-time CEOs. Alphabet Google spends about $5.9 million on their CEO per year. Amazon spends $1.6 million on Jeff Bezos. But again, Zuckerberg takes the cake for this category. Meta spends $25 million a year for security Wow! on Mark Zuckerberg. 20, I thought he was taking that uh, arts where you fight people. Jiu-jitsu? Yes. It's funny, the article I read made a similar joke saying well, they'll well, have to spend less now that he, he just knows started how to that during the himself. pandemic. Give him a couple more years. Yeah, but you know, I've been seeing that like, wow, Mark's really tough. He's spending twenty five million. Everyone's afraid to go near him. Yeah. Well, other more general perks, for instance, Comcast gives free cable to its top executives. Disney executives can go to the theme parks for free and get discounts on merch. This kind of news does not make me feel good about myself. You don't myself. like this one? No, well, I don't uh, like this. Like why are we talking about this? A couple of things come to mind. Jabo, one, if we want to be like them, we can get around people like this or people who are doing a really great job and ask them a bunch of questions. How are you doing it? How did you do this? Yeah, but I can't ask them questions right now in the moment. I'm just thinking about how much I put money into these things and this is the life they're living. The other thing is, is their life something you really want? Do you want there to be a need to spend $25 million on security because you're afraid for your life? I don't care about that, but the private jet would be nice. The private Free jet cable would be nice. Would be nice. Right? Yeah, I mean, the, Free Disney passes would be nice. It's so easy to look at these people's lives and be like, wow, it must be so great. But, you know, there's that old saying, more money, more problems. Yeah. Look at this. I mean, you constantly have, you, have to feed that. Have you heard the saying, ignorance is bliss? Because I like that one better. <laughs> well, both. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really care. Either one works, Jabo. No. The interesting thing, I think, is the timing of this article from The Hollywood Reporter, considering there's a massive SAG after strike going on. A uh, lot of these CEOs that we're referencing are Hollywood CEOs that are, you know, getting all of these perks, all of this money spent on them when the actors feel they mm, deserve their fair share. So, yeah, fighting words is what we're seeing, huh? Yeah. Kenny, thanks for keeping us somewhat informed. That's what's happening. 